The Forum at 8 on SAFM. It's nine minutes after eight. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now, there's still no end in sight, it would seem, to the problem of young South Africans. And they are grappling with a myriad of issues uh, of, to this day. Graduate unemployment continues to be a major and rapidly growing problem. Uh, many graduates find themselves sitting at home, unable to even put into practice the knowledge that they've acquired at tertiary institutions. So on the forum at this morning we ask how can we encourage young people our nation to become a nation of job creators rather than simply job seekers and um, you know on that point I see Vukilet Luati has already sent me a tweet and he says our education system should produce both job seekers and entrepreneurs to strike a balance at both ends of the spectrum and then and I think that is prudent but the the more critical question is therefore why why would someone who's gone through you know tertiary education and actually qualified um, or uh, received a qualification at the end of it all find it difficult to find their way in the world so if you go out and you seek a job and you can't find one nobody's employing why does it get to the point where people are sitting at home still waiting still scouring the papers trying to find employment as opposed to finding another way of eking out a survival and this is what we are talking about this morning perhaps you're an unemployed graduate listening to the show right now would love to hear from you what is your situation currently are you simply sitting at home are you trying to push other things are you meeting up with other unemployed graduates and you know trying to start something new but then of course uh, we keep hearing about uh, this uh, perceived silver bullet that is entrepreneurship and how this is going to come and solve all our problems well will it and also why is it then that if this uh, is seemingly such an easy solution to the problem why isn't it happening these are some of the questions that we will grapple with this morning you can give us a call on 0891104208 you can sms us on the number 34701 tweet or facebook am live on safm or at sakina kamwendo and just a reminder the messages that we don't get to uh, we will actually put up on our website from all the various platforms and you can go uh, to that website and read them all later on but uh, to introduce our guest uh, right now, we have Mr. Sneem Mohammed uh, from the South African Innovation Business Partner for Think, a global innovation management um, uh, uh, institution. And uh, she's also co-founder of Virtual Learning Africa, which is a tech education startup. Thanks for coming through this morning. Thank you. And then um, also with us, Mr. Hubert Mashabane, Acting Chief Director, Work Integrated Learning and Partnerships from the Department of Higher Education and Training. Uh, thanks for, for uh, speaking to us this morning as well. Good morning, Sir Ken, and good morning to your listeners. And then we do have uh, two unemployed graduates who have also come through to speak to us about, you know, uh, their experience, what they've done uh, uh, post-graduation when uh, jobs are indeed scarce. Um, Ismail Sebohonyane, unemployed graduate qualification. Um, he is an electrician, got his qualification in 2010. And um, he, along with others, started an NGO to address the issue of unemployed graduates and um, uh, joins us in our Joburg studio. Thanks so much for coming through. Thank you very much. 
and he's joined by uh, Johannes Sebuda, who's also um, uh, qualified for uh, mechanics. And uh, we'll hear both Ishmael and um, Johannes' stories uh, just a little bit later on in the show. But uh, basically to kick us off, you know, um, Tasneem, why do we have a problem with unemployed graduates in South Africa? Okay, I think there's um, various contributing factors. Um, One of the factors has to deal with systemic problems in the education system that looks or has approached education from a traditional perspective in the way that it was approached during my parents' generation, that you go to school, get a qualification, get a job, and work your way up the corporate ladder. And then comes along technology, innovation, globalization, increasingly uh, competitive economies, and boom, your large organizations that would traditionally absorb large numbers of graduates are shrinking. And what happens is that those particular or the skills required don't necessarily meet the requirements or demands of these um, globally competitive organizations, organizations that are driven by um, requirements within STEM disciplines. So a large focus in your competitive economies would be skills in disciplines of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. And so there's a mismatch in terms of the supply versus the demand at mm-hmm. one level. And then at another level, not being equipped with the um, with the skills to think entrepreneurially or to think of entrepreneurship as an option as opposed to moving into the corporate space. So, so, so are you therefore saying that our education system and the education that is provided um, at our institutions is not uh, sufficiently responsive to the needs uh, that the economy requires out there? Um, absolutely, that is a huge contributing factor. So there are certain skills that drives your 21st century economy, skills such as digital literacy, creativity, communication, um, collaboration, um, innovation. Those are fundamental skills that we're not currently equipped with at a school level. And it's those particular skills that develop an entrepreneurial mindset and positions learners or gives them the capacity to make an informed choice that I'm actually going to get an education and entrepreneurship is going to be my path of choice. And unfortunately, that isn't happening in a robust and um, strategic way in that it should be happening. Mr. Mashabane, um, you know, uh, you know, obviously this is of great concern, but uh, what is your response to what Tasneem has just highlighted? Well, I, I agree in part that education and skill does contribute a bit to the case of someone being unemployed. But there is another problem to this: is that our economy does not is not creating jobs at the moment. I mean, since 2008, we have had what we call jobless growth, and without the economy creating jobs, it's difficult for anyone to find a job, even if they are highly skilled. I also think that even if you try the entrepreneurship route, it doesn't necessarily mean that you will create demand for the product to purchase and all of that. Because in a jobless environment or in a a low economic growth environment, everyone is kind of conserving what they have as their disposable income. So the buying power of the general population is not necessarily that great. 
What we need is also measures that would allow the economy to grow at least, as we, we are told, at a minimum of about 3%. That will start getting jobs, you know, coming up on stream and all of that. So if we take what both of you have just said, if the economy you know, um, is not producing, you know, the sort of job opportunities that we would like to see. And this has been the situation since 2008. Then surely our education system should have changed in a way to actually accommodate all of this. But it doesn't seem to have done that. Everything seems to have stayed by and large the same. Mr. Mashabane? Yeah, I don't want to lay the blame entirely or squarely on the education and training system. I'm saying it contributes some skills that the economy requires. However, what you need to do in an economy that's not growing is to put in some measures that stimulate the economy. We are told, for example, that the the strategic integrated projects that government is planning to spend trillions of rent are supposed to unlock the potential of the economy to grow. So it's a, it's a combination of measures rather than one measure that would help us get jobs. And I guess the other reality that we are faced with, of course, is that not everybody... Um, you know, is entrepreneurial. Not everybody even wants to be an entrepreneur. Some people actually do want to be employed, Disney. Absolutely. And again, coming back to that, um, you know, over the years I've worked with numbers of graduates doing work readiness training and another fundamental gap area which I've identified is um, the lack of or the inadequate um, skill capacitation around work readiness and um, job skill readiness. And also the fact that looking for a job is a full-time job requirement and the specific skills that an individual would need to be able to succeed in a highly competitive space. Uh, so you would send your CV to an organization and a thousand other graduates applying for that same position. But certain skills like personal branding, the ability to stand out from your peers, um, the ability to market yourself in a highly competitive environment, uh, the way that you uh, put together your profile and your CV. I mean, we currently live in an age where internationally um, the CV has changed its form dramatically, where um, you know, lots of job candidates would apply using videos and um, social mediums and um, things like CV infographics. So there's been lots of shifts in terms of, you know, the kind of skills that you would need to profile yourself in such competitive spaces. And again, those are skills that graduates are not necessarily equipped with at um, a basic education level or at a higher education level. So fundamental skills like being able to profile yourself, being able to market yourself successfully in an interview situation that makes you stand out from your peers applying for that same position is also a contributing factor. Well, I just wonder at what point, you know, does this move from uh, the institutions, the government and everybody else to the graduates themselves? Because when you talk about marketing yourself, you know, and keeping up with trends, um, uh, the other issue that you mentioned earlier about, you know, the type of skills that are required, surely it means that people need to be proactive. Go and take a look at those skills. Go and take a look at the list at, uh, at what is required. But 
what you see happening time and time again is that people go and study, you know, uh, for a qualification uh, for which there's already an oversupply, for which people already cannot find jobs. I don't know why this happens, uh, but uh, maybe some of our unemployed graduates who have fallen into that particular trap can call us and tell us exactly why. If you see that, you know, uh, there's a saturation of uh, BCom graduates, why would you go and study a BCom? Everybody wants to go and study law and, you know, all of these things, whereas there is a crucial shortage of other skills that people are not looking at. Why is that the case? But um, maybe you can speak to us about that, Ishma. Okay, thank you very much uh, to give me this opportunity. First of all, I just want to introduce myself and then people might know that where I'm coming from and then why today I'm here. Uh, Ishmael Sibokonyane is the, uh, is the uh, boy who grew up in a village from Northwest in a place called Taung, a small village in a dusty area called Chokunyane. Uh, I matriculated in 1993, or 1993, and then doing maths and science. And then on 1995, I attended my uh, 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 training uh, as in doing an, uh, uh, a certificate of entry in electrical engineering in Ranfontein. And then on 1996, I got the job working as the machine operator in one of the companies here in South Africa. And then working for a period of 10 years, while I was working as a machine operator, I, I, I corresponded with UNISA doing a diploma of electrical engineering and industrial engineering. So unfortunately, after completed my, after the completion of my diploma, and then uh, unfortunately that time the, employ, the, the previous employer didn't have my, I mean, a position to employ me. So then I started to struggle and then started to work in local municipalities for temporary work jobs. And then in 2013, on, in, on 2013, I've joined one of the service providers in, here in Houting, uh, based on Vanderbilt Park to train, to be, to train as an uh, electrician. So I've been in a training of an apprenticeship for the period of two years. I've completed last year on July. So uh, I've, 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 I've learned something. I've experienced the time when we were in, in, in a training center. We were a group of uh, artisans with different trades. But then I say, okay, the government have done a very good job to provide us with this opportunity to be qualified artisans. Mm. But after we complete, then what else? Because we have to go and then look around looking for a job. Then that's why we started as a, as, a, as a group of artisans and said, let's have an organization. So now currently now we have been registered as a, as a non-profit organization in terms of NPO Act 71 of 1997 mm. with different trades. You say that government did a very good job in, you know, making sure that you actually got to qualify. You got, you know, your qualification behind your name. So did you expect government to also make means to get you a job, to provide a pathway for your employment? Did you have that expectation? Yeah, what, 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 no, uh, uh, because of they, 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 they can't just, uh, I mean, we have, I mean, you can't just give a person a fish. We have to, to I mean, to teach him how to, 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 to catch that fish. But what does that mean? Did, yeah, or, as, through as, your training, yeah, as, as, your as, apprenticeship? As, yes, as, as they provided us with the technical skills. Mm. Now, it's, we, it's, it, it's, it's on us that to, to make sure that we have independent. Like, let's say that I, we have already, I mean, a, a, a launch a, a organization we called uh, 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 
ATO means it's apprentices, artisans, and technicians organization. Mm. Our main objective now is to to have a partnership with TVET, a, a technical, vocational, and educational training. So that what we have, what we have realized now, currently now they have a theoretical training, but unfortunately they don't have a practical training. You ought to find that a student is go to the uh, to, to one of the uh, TVT colleges here, qualified as an as an maybe doing an electrical engineering. He obtained that N6, but at the end of the day, he can't be called that particular learner a qualified artisan because he needs a practical training. So what we are realize what we are realized now that we are we are going to form a partnership with the TV with the TV colleges to have a workshop within the premises of the technical colleges so that at the end of the day that particular learner should be a qualified artisan because our challenge now is about the the the, the manufacturing sectors. So if a person is a qualified fitter and trainer, automatically if he got uh, an access to have uh, equipment, he can also do something, let's say, for instance, I mean, have a manufacturing of uh, bolts and nuts because he got the center lifts machines, and then he can, even though supply the local municipality, mm. at least now we're going to improve the, our economy uh, in, 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 in our country. Mm. And, 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 and do you think that there is a sense of entitlement, though, with, um, you know, South Africans that they do believe that, you know, government should be paving the way, government must pay for their education, government must make sure that they have uh, an opportunity to actually go and require their prax. Um, do you not think that there's an over-reliance on government or is it just the sense of entitlement? That's why we said that we want to be independent. That's why we formed this organization because if we, 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 we will be I mean, will be success in this organization. I mean, the communities are going to benefit because our aim is to transfer these technical skills to the young unemployed uh, 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 youth for, so that we can, we can implement those uh, uh, initiatives in municipalities and in terms of the IDP, then they can take this thing forward. Because currently now, what, when, we, when we're talking about the local municipalities, people, they think that you have to be I mean, to be appointed as a political uh, appointees in, 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 mani- mm. in local municipalities. But we forget about, we have so many things in local municipalities. We have the Department of, of, of Electrical, we have, the, we have, we have uh, the roadworks. But if you check now, you're going to get, though, you're going to get in, in, local, in, in a certain local municipality, you're going to get 11 electricians. But when, uh, uh, in 10, it's the same in skills and they're already old. It's only one qualified electrician. So how about we can train these young, uh, young people and then, um, and then send them to, the, to those different local municipalities so that they can be electricians and, and fitters and tenants in our local municipality in, so in sense that so we are not going to have a problem of service delivery. We oh, have okay. the problem of service delivery because we don't have technical uh, people in, in our local municipality. I hear what you're saying. <coughs> and, um, you know, uh, I guess this tweet from uh, Tulas Makakula actually, you know, uh, bears the point out. He says, I'm a master student in public admin and I'm unemployed. Uh, start started an event company in Pumalanga. Tough, though, to get business from government. Now, 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 the question is, Tulas, why, why, why do you feel that government should be the one uh, from whom you ought to be procuring business? What about the private sector? And maybe that's another you know, issue that we need to touch on, the role that the private sector can actually play in trying to alleviate some of these problems. But let's go to the lines, 891 Oliver, you're calling us from Joburg. Good morning.
Good morning, Sakim. How are you? Well, and you, Oliver? Okay, let's try someone else. Janusz in Cape Town. Good morning. Well, we've uh, lost both of them. But I tell you what, we are coming up to news time, so I won't get back to the panel uh, just yet. Uh, but uh, just a few of the other messages coming through. Uh, Tsepo Small says, how about uh, they make entrepreneurship a compulsory subject instead of history? We played a package earlier on where the president was talking about making history a compulsory subject. And Tsepo saying, why not entrepreneurship instead of history? And then a few others here as well. Uh, uh, this one from uh, at n uh, underscore norma b who says other graduates i know uh, end up sitting at home and they don't want to start small and uh, they meaning they don't want to work at call centers and they find that everything is beneath them and i'm glad you raised that point because that is the other problem people think that because they have you know a qualification they should walk into the job for which they actually read. And the reality out there is very different. And it's strange how it seems as though when you have a job, it's always easier to get another job, whatever that job may be. How do we become a nation of job creators rather than job seekers? And our guest this morning, Mr. Hubert Mashabane, who is uh, Acting Director of Work Integrated Learning and Partnerships at the Department of Higher Education and Training. We also have uh, Mr. Sneem Mohammed uh, with us, um, co-founder of Virtual Learning Africa, which is a tech education startup. And in studio with us, uh, two uh, uh, formerly, I should say former unemployed, because you've now started something, uh, and I guess you are. Uh, do you still refer to yourself as unemployed? Unfortunately, there is no income. We are struggling to ah, so they, they, Okay. And so, so, so they're continuously unemployed. Uh, Ishmael uh, Sebohanye <laughs> and uh, with him here, Johannes Sebuda, also in studio. But I want to go to the calls very quickly and then I'll uh, come back to the panel. 0891-104-208 is the number to dial. Let's speak to Siabonga in Cape Town. Good morning. Good morning, Sekin. How are you? Well, and you? I'm very well, thank you, man, and good morning to your guest as well. I I think, uh, Sakina, um, the way I see things, I don't really want to um, believe that there is a huge, or there is no jobs out there. I think it's the way the young people are approaching the job market, the way we are approaching the opportunities. In this day and age, the CVs, the way we used to do them 10 years ago, are no longer applicable or are no longer attractive or giving a, uh, take, getting the attention of the employer. Um, so my advice to young people, even in the environment where I'm working, has always been don't do the normal CV that you know we used to do. Create a profile of yourself um, and come up with something very creative um, showing exactly what value can you create in that organization. But All before right. you do that, you need to identify the organization that you want to work for. Don't just say to me you want a job. Where do you want to work? You don't know. You need to identify the business, learn about how they operate there, and know who they are so that when they call you one day to come and say what you want to do, how, why do you want to join them? Mm. You don't scratch your head. I couldn't agree with you more, Siabonga. You know, you're echoing my sentiments, uh, really, because I don't also understand this business of uh, scouring 
you need to have a plan, a vision. Where do you want to work? What do you want to do? How do you get into this company? And I think for the most part, it's just mechanical. So thank you so much, uh, Siabonga. Oliver and Joba, good morning. Morning, Sakina. Morning to the studio. Welcome. Good morning. Okay. Yes, Sakina, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Yes, Sakina, I have four, four points that I need to raise. The first point is that we should recognize that uh, the South African economy is going down and compared to 10 years back. There's no new job coming on the market. We should not stress those young people who already spend three, four years at university and don't have jobs and stress and condemn them of not knowing how to look for the job. The economy is down. There's no job creation. That's a problem. But how do we respond to that fact? Yes, I'll come to that. Secondly, uh, employers, when I look on internet or on the newspaper, are looking for people who have experience. People are coming from universities that don't have experience, and they give them one-year one training, then they release them in the, out again. They need people four, five, six years in employment. We should sit down and, and solve this problem. The private sector should allow entry-level at least one-year experience because people after university, they go for one-year training, uh, that we call in-service training, then they should be more employable than asking for five, four years and, and, and up experience. That, that's the second point. The, the, the third point is I will stand here and refuse for people to say there on your plateau that the quality of uh, education in South Africa, no, the quality of education on tertiary is very good. I'll give you examples. I'm from Congo DRC. People are coming from Congo, Angola, and wherever to study here. And when they go back to their countries, they hit the ground running. And those companies there in Congo and whatever, in South African companies that went to open there, they employ the same people who are coming from the same university here, and there they hit the ground running. Why they can't take them here? All right. Uh, that's a question from Oliver in uh, Joburg. Let's go to Janusz in Cape Town. Good morning. Good morning, good morning, SK. Thank you for taking my call. SK, 16% of uh, our GDP goes into the salaries of the government uh, 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 people. It's the highest salary input into the into the into the section. And what is the result? Very poor result. We haven't got. We don't. We are not moving forward. Talking about this uh, gentleman who is uh, finished the uh, the electrical uh, engineering, I had uh, as electrical contractor. I had a few situations when the many some of the people, some of the students after finishing this study, they came to me and asked for the employment. And I tried, I tried, and I give them employment for the three months, for three months, and ask them to do simple things. They couldn't. There's lack of discipline, lack of motivation, the lack of the knowledge. So it's the problem with the education. At the schools, the, the, the technical college does not, not, not teach them properly, you know. They've got no lack of, of that basic, basic electrical, you know, knowledge. So that's the point. Also, entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs, we've got many of the entrepreneurs who are, you know, uh, sort of connected with the government. There are, one guy can have 40 companies. It, he doesn't got no knowledge about that, but because he's connected, and he's continuing the company's collapse. He opened another one because of 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 his involvement with the with the government. Some people, you know. Thank you so much, Janusz in Cape Town. Text in Boxburg. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Hi. Uh, thank you very much for taking my call. 
I would like to make two points. The first one is when I was still a student in, in university, they showed us this video which said the information that you learn in the first year, by the time that you graduate, it has become obsolete. It's no longer relevant to the you know, prevailing conditions. And the second one is, you know, we always ask our children, what do you want to become when you grow up? It's not what's needed in the economy, uh, in a particular economy, but, you know, we do what we like. And what we like does not necessarily fit in with what's needed in the market. So in the end, after you study what you like, you haven't got a job because what's required in the, in the, in the market or in the job market is not what you've got. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, uh, Tix. Now, let's just uh, get our panel to respond to some of the issues that were raised. Let me start with you, uh, Mr. Mashabane. Um, you know, um, uh, particularly responding to what Janusz was raising, saying that, you know, he couldn't uh, employ some of the graduates coming out of uh, the higher learning institutions because they simply, you know, uh, did not have the requisite skill set that he required. Yeah, I I take the point, but we must also remember that most of our institutions cannot necessarily time the market and train a person for a a particular job. Take, for example, a BCom graduate. The the stream has a wide range of fields, if you like. They are not necessarily training someone to become a a chartered accountant. They become something else in in that field. So we are not necessarily able to time the market and produce a skill as it requires. The other fact about our our, our colleges is that they provide mostly the theoretical knowledge, not necessarily the practical skills. So if you find a a, a TZ graduate not able to do your electrical work, it's not because they are not wanting to or not because they are not trained well. It's because they were not trained as an artisan. Private colleges don't train artisans. They simply prepare them for them to be trained in the workplace. Take, for example, an engineer. Someone who graduates with an engineering degree, they are not an engineer. They still need another four years or so in the workplace for them to become an engineer. So a lot of your technical skills are actually trained in the workplace. So you need to set your foot inside the workplace and all of that. The other point, just to tell, uh, to alert graduates, is that there are 50 million people employed in this country. And only 2 million of those are employed by government, whether it's provincial, it's local, or whatever. The rest of the jobs are in the private sector, in the 500,000 odd companies that are in this country. So when people are looking for jobs, they should also be focusing on the on the private sector rather than to say government has given us a skill and now they can't find us a job. I think that mentality we need to try and and, and move away from. And I'm encouraged by the other uh, uh, speakers or uh, some of the, the callers who said they had tried to find jobs and they started their own companies. Again, when you start a company, don't also focus on the, the business coming from government. The other business also comes from the private sector and all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, where were other things? Hello? But when it comes to the issue of, um, you know, actually uh, 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 getting the practical knowledge, is there more that can be done from uh, the higher education side to make sure that uh, your uh, students actually do not suffer uh, because of that once they have actually acquired their qualification?
Yeah, the, the unit that I'm heading, it's called Work Integrated Learning and Partnerships. What we do is we identify that when grads come out of uh, institutions of learning, uh, employers normally demand some level of experience, uh, some familiarity with the workplace. That's why the other panelist was talking about uh, work readiness programs, preparing people for the workplace and all of that. What we are doing is trying to strike partnerships with employers and offer graduate internships up to one year where they would kind of get a stipend or an allowance and kind of get their hands dirty in the real workplace environment. Oftentimes, some of those actually transition right into employment. Some those that we have had in contact with don't even finish the internship. They are able to apply while they are in the the internship and get a, a job and all of that. Mm. It's a slow process, but it's something that government is working on. And um, Tasneem, your response, um, you know, um, and, and, and someone touched on the issue that you mentioned earlier about, you know, how people actually brand themselves, how they actually sell themselves. And a simple thing like a CV. And, and it just reminded me the other day, uh, one of our producers uh, was saying to me, goodness, the CV of yours is so outdated. Uh, but, you know, these are the little things that we don't pay attention to. Absolutely. And I mean, I can make inference to a personal example. When I graduated from university, it was my intention to work for an advertising agency. I'd already done in-depth um, research and identified the top five agencies I ideally would want to work in. I applied, called all of them, there weren't any job opportunities, and then volunteered my time to go work there free of charge and wormed my way into one of the leading ad agencies in the country. And it was off the back of my perseverance, but also my application of creativity, looking at a different way which would um, gain the attention. So I produced a series of advertisements which I sent to them and eventually they called me up and that landed me my first unpaid opportunity which led to then my first paid job opportunity. So absolutely and we also live in an information age. The internet has access to myriads of information and advice um, not just locally but globally that graduates um, could potentially access to identify unique and different ways to position yourself um, in the job market, to position yourself differently, to develop your personal brand, to develop a CV and a personal profile that's going to capture the attention of the employer that you seek in mm. to um, gain employment with. One of the other issues is uh, that of social media and, uh, you know, um, how that has now become an important uh, part of your profile and your CV. And um, you look at what people put on their social media uh, profiles and sometimes you, you, the mind just boggles because you wonder, you know, didn't you get the message that the employers, mm. potential employers would actually go and look at this stuff? Absolutely. And if you look at uh, current recruitment practices, um, your recruiters would first go and visit your social media pages um, to try and get a better sense of the potential individual. So one needs to take cognizance of the fact that what you put out there is in the public domain and it is going to create an impression before you've had the opportunity to present yourself in front of a person. Mm. And um, 
yes, people need to take into account the importance of their personal brand. What impression are you creating? And what impression is that creating in the eyes of your potential investor or potential um, employer? So if all of your pictures and everything on your social media pages is about you drinking and having fun, I don't know. I don't know where that's going to take you. But um, uh, I want to go back to the lines. But before I do, Brian Kumalo agrees with you. Tasneem says um, graduates don't even want to volunteer uh, for community programs that could uplift their communities. They can't even attend uh, community meetings. So that could be one of the stumbling blocks there. Johnny Michael Musa says graduates are simply not streetwise. Uh, they believe in unemployment. Perhaps a bit of a generalization, but uh, perhaps that does exist. Norman Moyo says it's a competitive economy and failure to package what you have acquired in appropriate format uh, to meet a definite end will leave you crying foul. Uh, Warren Manning says government pays lip service to SMMEs because they are uh, too concerned with making deals with the elite at the end of the day. Uh, Sia Dilemeni says my advice to young people is number one, brand yourself. Number two, replace your CV with a value proposition. And number three, research jobs and four plan and apply so some really great advice coming from our listeners this morning let's just go back to the lines on 0891 uh claire's in george good morning claire good morning um i would just like to um uh, point out the uh, the problem that's caused by um uh, bee um because uh, a friend of mine has a doctorate he's also uh, got a postdoctoral degree. He's been doing um, part-time work at a university, but he can. Uh, the um, post is empty, but he's applied, but he can't be considered because he's white and male, and uh, he wants to stay in South Africa and pass on his knowledge, but. Um, it looks uh, that um, he's already being headhunted in London and uh, we're going to lose somebody else. And I'm just wondering why um, uh, these artificial barriers are in place. All right. Thanks so much, Claire, for that question. Let's go to Ben in Vidbang. Good morning. Morning. How are you? Well, and you? I'm okay. Um, I have two points to raise. The first is, oh, okay, actually three. Well, uh, the third one is actually agreeing with the previous caller. BEE should actually be reconsidered, if not terminated. Um, the, my first point is that the country should actually invest in industry development because there are so many, um, I, I live in with Bank, and there are so many jo- um, business markets and, and unexplored and there, 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 there are so many young people who are, who are unemployed and who are who are educated and who could fill those those those, those business markets if those industries were developed if, if those industries were developed and, and 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 jobs were created through those industries. The, the second one is industry education. If 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 you're gonna educate people about the industry, then rather tell them all the jobs and business markets that are available through that industry. All 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 all, all the in all all the the, the the places and institutes where they qualify to work. The business that they can create with the with the uh, education they acquire from school, I think that would be more 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 effective. And in terms of entrepreneurship, mentorship programs that not only that that all not or, or, or maybe business support programs that don't only support 
financially, but also teach people how to manage. I mean, it's one thing giving a person uh, maybe 80000 to start a business, but teach that person what to do with that 80000 so that he doesn't come back for another 80000 80, to continue his business. Thank you so much, uh, Ben. I want to come back to that particular point. Mabena in Vidbank, good morning. Thanks, Akina. Uh, you know what? As pertaining, let, 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 uh, just a quick, uh, a few quick, quick points. Uh, on the part of the government, uh, especially in relation to this uh, studies, uh, diplomas and degrees that are already saturated, I think my suggestion would be: uh, let's say let them curtail it a bit. Let's say uh, to, to to limit uh, in all these institutions a number of uh, students that are supposed to go through those professions. You see now, because uh, it won't help, and then those those studies are very open, and then we know that uh, let's say especially the black majorities uh, naturally they flow through those kind of uh, industries. So at least if the government were to minimize the the, the number of intake uh, in those kind of professions, and then on the part of the corporate, uh, I think also they should be part to to to, to those institutions to say. Uh, to, to match, to, to, to come together with the, the institutions to say these are the kind of uh, students we are looking for, you see, so that they must know exactly what kind they are producing. Because I think there's a gap there. Uh, the institutions are busy, on the other hand, uh, doing their stuff, and then the industries, they are waiting there also uh, from a distance to say this is what you are looking for. And then at the end of the day, there's massive unemployment, and at the same time, the industry, they say they are wanting people. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, and also, lastly, uh, as pertaining to the uh, secondary uh, education, our formal, our secondary education, I don't know. Uh, also, there's a, I think there's a gap there. To say uh, a student coming from a secondary education, immediately they go to tertiary. It seems like a, it's a, almost a, a, a whole new different world. So, there's no link as to what the, 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 the what the student has been studying for their secondary education and what they are going to study at the tertiary education. Okay, thank you so much, uh, Mabena in uh, Vidbang. Let me read uh, some of the SMSs. Um, uh, Freddie, or, or it's Eddie rather, in um, Northwest says, how many white graduates are there without jobs? And um, I'm not sure about the numbers, but I'm looking at uh, this morning's copy of the Business Day, and it says uh, South Africa's uh, youth grew more discouraged from seeking work as the unemployment rate among young people has remained stubbornly high. Statistics South Africa data for the past seven years released yesterday showed that discouraged young uh, work seekers grew from 809,000 in 2008 to 1.5 million by the first quarter of this year. And of the approximately uh, 19.7 million working age youth, that's between 15 and 34 years, 6.2 million were employed while 3.6 million were without jobs. And um, uh, then also it uh, goes into to the details about that but it doesn't give us you know the breakdown as um, you would like it racially at uh, this point in time so I do not have uh, that particular answer for you Um, a few others you can't create jobs in a declining economy petrol price going up by 44 cents um, and um, uh, that's finish and clear also you can't motivate black youth says this one they are lazy and unimaginative vote ANC for a better life uh let uh, the Buffalo and Jay-Z show the way. Ah, that's just... <clears throat>
perhaps not even worthy of a response. Um, let's move on. Uh, the answer is local investment, not foreign investment. There are endless things that need to be done in this country. And uh, Cedric says, President Zuma says that history should be made compulsory at school. Will these pupils find jobs when they complete their studies? Instead, I think they should be encouraged to do science, technology and engineering related uh, subjects. And uh, many more. Chris says, morning when entrepreneurs have ideas to start a business and wanting to create jobs, they are turned down when applying for loans to start up uh, due to no capital, uh, the, the, the number of capital that's required, and what uh, who do you turn to then? So many, many, many issues coming up. But um, uh, let me just uh, give a chance uh, to our panel um, and uh, Johannes, who hasn't spoken yet, uh, to just respond to some of the issues that have been raised. Okay. Uh, my greetings again. Uh, good morning to everyone. Okay, uh, I'd like to points out again to the to uh, one of the callers that said something about BEE you know as again as fellow South Africans we always look at uh, what is happening and not looking at why was it put in place we as qualified art- artisans as both of us we trained and we got everything and we experienced whenever we go even on the private sectors that we got training and even offered us the <coughs> the one-year experience contract that they said they were giving us. Actually, what happened that we also were training with also fellow white, 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 white students, and they always got first preference. When we also see nepotism again is one of the issues that is always happening, and is one of the issues that we have experienced. So now, okay, maybe somehow the BEE issue, it is maybe they addressing it maybe in a not in a rightful manner, but it should be rectified because we know for a fact that nepotism is also part of it, and it's also discouraging us when we're trying to get for things. That's why we also ended up trying to open up an organization for ourselves, an organization that we are going to train fellow uh, South African youth to become qualified people in technical mm. skills. And now, one thing again, you should be have you should have passion for what you are doing. What we are doing, we are doing it, and then we are funding it out of our own pockets. We have started it from last year, or we launched it, and after launching it, then we've been trying to fund it from our own pockets. Even till today, we still uh, headhunt, uh, we're still heading and uh, hunting for 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 finance, so that we can be financed and so that we can run the organization. Because now the common goal is we do have uh, uh, municipalities, and they tell us that they cannot give us uh, service deliveries. But now the, service, the issue about service delivery is that they do not have technical skills people, whilst that South Africa has technical skilled people that they can still utilize in the government. But now the money is mm-hmm. there in the government, and now there are, again, other uh, private sectors that do have the, uh, the resources. Now, they just need the skilled people just to perform that thing. And I'll tell you what, we'll put your details up on our website as well so people could access it there. Tasneem, um, Mr. Mashabani, you've got uh, 30 seconds each to wrap it up, Jasmine. My closing comments would be that there is no golden ticket to success, whether you're choosing the path of entrepreneurship or job employment. And it requires individuals to be resourceful, to access information. If you don't have access to the information, ask people around you that do have access. And um, yes, we've got to start forging our own paths, finding those solutions and taking a concerted effort, rolling up our sleeves and exploring alternate opportunities. When you face one shut door, there are 10 other opportunities as well. Mr. Mashabane? 
Yeah, the, the advice perhaps to young people is just to realize that when you come out of an institution, you don't have the skills to look for a job. And your CV or your qualification does not necessarily present you with a job opportunity. So there's still hard work that you need to do that would allow you to find yourself or set your foot in, in, a, in, in the job market. So they need to be continue to be looking for opportunities, being part of the collective and being part of a social network that's looking for jobs and all of that. So it's no easy task, but it's how the environment has become. It's now becoming almost a full-time career to look for a job.